Amen. Thank you, team. And welcome home again. We're so grateful for you here. Hector, when I hear that song, uh, I am reminded that when my, the first time I heard It Is Well was in a Wesleyan church at my uh, grandfather's funeral. And uh, I can remember sitting next to my mom and my mom reaching out and holding my hand as if trying to say, son, it, it, it's all okay. It, it was good. I was pretty young. But every time I hear that song, Hector, I'm reminded of that sense of my mom saying to me, it's okay, it's, it's going to be all right. And so thank you for that. Man, that was such a beautiful, beautiful song. Thank you, Dean. Today I want to talk to you, though, about groups, what it means and why we should do it, and does it really have a place in the modern church, and can your life really be encouraged and bettered by it, and all those kind of things. Uh, but before I do, I want, to, uh, I want you to welcome a special guest of mine here today. My sister is here. Uh, Terry Brooks is over there. She's my oldest sister, much older sister, actually. She's pretty old. Terry's like 84 and doing great. So I'm glad you're here. I love you. She brought me a gift. This is one of my dad's funeral Bible. Uh, and so I was looking through it a, a, when she came in a little bit, and there's all kind of notes on sticky notes of the funerals my dad did over the years. And that, what a cool gift. Thank you. So let's jump into a lot of things. One, on your way in, you got a copy of this big brochure. Would you hang on to that? We're going to use that a little bit. And uh, then uh, let me tell you that uh, if you are a fourth or fifth grader back there, uh, welcome to Big Church. We're glad you're here. You've got a notebook for you. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we, uh, it's a temporary process between uh, kind of getting all of our children's ministry back uh, in line and where we want it. But I'm so excited to have you guys in big church with us. You've got a notebook to fill out these notes and there is an extraordinary, wonderful gift when you stick with it over these weeks and work through this. I believe fourth and fifth graders uh, probably know how to worship better than we do. And uh, I'm so glad they're a part of our service today, and we're so glad that you are here. My name is Chuck, and they let me be the pastor around here for some unknown reason, and I, I just love our church. Thank you for all the leaders who showed up yesterday to be part of our launch time and get ready for the fall. Our children and preschool and student ministry are all launching their groups uh, today, and so all the kiddos changed up a grade and kind of followed the school year, and uh, we've got some of the most amazing volunteers serving uh, with kids kiddos around here and I want to invite you don't miss out on this fall with groups there's so many things going on what if I could give you uh, let's well, let me take a quick poll how many of you have some form of retirement savings I mean if it's a five dollar bill and a, a mason jar underneath how many of you have some type of savings or retirement plan okay good all right so uh, if I could say to you if you'll take all your money and put it in this account tomorrow and if you'll leave it there for six months, I will guarantee you 18% return on your money. How many of you would move your money? Okay. Now, that's a little weird because I promise you if I told you that and I guarantee it, you would give it another thought. But the fact is, if somebody totally reputable and somebody who wasn't a preacher told you that and you move that money, wouldn't you expect them to come through on their promise? That you would actually have a return on that investment? And the answer is, well, of course you would right? Well, what if I could do the same thing in your spiritual bank account as we attempt to become more of what Christ has called us to be, not just as a people, but as a church? What if that could be a part of who and what we are? And so I started thinking a little bit of what that would look like. And, you know, in preschool groups, what we really want is we, we want every child to A, be safe, B, be welcomed, C, be affirmed with their family, 
and D, loved on and cared for and let, in those very early formative years, let the love of Christ kind of saturate them to be a support for moms and dads and, and little ones. It's, it's, it's not easy. Uh, and at 57, I don't want them. You know, I'm, those are, they're for you. If you're 30-something, you need those kids, and we want those kids. But at 57, I, I can't keep up. When we have our grandchildren, I feel like I ran a marathon the next day. You know, it's just exhausting. But for those preschoolers, it's such a special place. But then, for our children, the grade school kids, what we want most for those boys and girls is to be able to know that they have someone in their class week after week, they're building relationships with that family, and those boys and girls are being saturated with knowing how much God loves them and the potential that is within them found in Christ. And, and then for young adults and for median adults and for senior adults, we, we desperately would say we all need to be a part of a faith community that is smaller than just this big room. I mean, it's really hard to build long-term, life-altering, meaningful relationships with 1,600 people or 600 people or 60 people. But you got a much better shot at 16 or 6. And you look at all that and you say, well, all of that's good, Chuck, but I, what does it really mean? Well, I believe we get a spiritual return that is overwhelmingly guaranteed and delivered on when we choose to give our life to a season of spiritual development. Now, on any given Sunday, we'll have maybe uh, 1,100 adults in this room. And uh, then another four or 500 kids around in different places. And, and in this room, we've got folks who will be here for one hour, for which we're very grateful. Thank you for that. But I would just say to you, if you, if you can only give God one hour, I would rather you take the next 12 weeks and be invested in a small group than I would you being here. If all you can do is give God an hour. Why? Because what I know is that in any size church, we all make about six to eight deep, meaningful relationships. If we ran 6,000 people, that would be true. If we ran 60 people, that would be true. If our church was the size of this middle section, that would be true. But you say, well, I don't really have any, Chuck. I just kind of know folks as I see them. I don't really know what's going on. And frankly, Chuck, I don't want anybody to know me. I read an article not long ago that said the number one reason people won't commit to being a small group is they're afraid they're going to be found out that they don't know anything about the Bible. Let me just say on behalf of all of us in here, welcome home, I promise you, you're not the only one. I mean, how many of us, how many of us are 50, 60, 40, 30, and the fact is, can we just admit we don't know everything there is to know about everything, but when we get in a group, we have an opportunity to be greater. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Why wouldn't you want to invest in that on something that God gives you an extraordinary promise on? I, I found this interesting, uh, Claire and Dudley White are in here somewhere, and um, where are y'all at? Okay, Claire and Dudley, y'all stand up. Stand up. Come on, Dudley, you can do it. I know you're getting old, buddy, but come on. All right, so, so Claire had this brain tumor, and uh, you'd never believe it was a couple of months ago. Look at her. She's just as radiant as ever. And uh, yeah, how cool is that, right? And uh, so don't sit down yet. Hang in there with me. I don't want everybody to be able to brag on the Lord here. They called three folks to come over to their home the night before her surgery and do what James describes in his writing to anoint her with oil and play, pray over her with the leaders of the church. So me and Pastor Tripp, and we weren't sure, sure who the other third person was in the text because that number went in our, our phone. And it came to turn out it was Tom Williams. Tom, where are you at? 
you're in this. Yeah, stand up. That's Tom Williams. He is their group leader. And now watch this. Uh, on the night before their most significant part of their life, they, they were kind enough to let their pastor in, but the most important person in the room, other than Claire, was their group leader, Tom. And in the back of my mind, what I know is this, that when we have great need in a smaller group, we have such a greater opportunity to meet and assist and help that need. Claire, your story one day of how God has delivered you and how God is doing something in your life, countless number of people are going to know Christ because of your faithfulness. And Tom, thank you for being a faithful servant of the Lord and making a difference in your life. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, because you see a group is where you meet people and know people. And I, I've gotten to know women that have been in Jenny's group and y'all are one messed up group of women, man. I mean, I mean, like everybody in that group is whacked out. I don't know, it's like, Jen, do you, do you like, do you attract these people? I mean, it's like Glennis. She's as weird as any human I know and she's in your group. I mean, that's crazy. We love y'all. Keep on coming. This is great. But why wouldn't you want to take us up on that? Why wouldn't you want to be in that? We well, say, Chuck, I need more than your word, okay? Well, let's think for a minute. This church is 131 years old. Think about this. This church is 131 years old. And this church was founded in a time when it, they could have never imagined this many people would be this church or that this city would have had the growth that it had or that the city hall across the way would be what it is. And they couldn't have ever imagined Lanier High School being in our little city. They, none of that. But they had the foresight to know that this area needed a good church. You know, when you, you search the history of this church, all those folks, they didn't come for one hour. They, they got into men's groups and women's groups and while it may have been called something else at the time, they were committed to being in a small group of people to study God's word. I believe it goes all the way back and is founded inside the passage in where the gospel writer Matthew writes in chapter 28, beginning in verse 18, Jesus here is giving us, Sugar Hill Church, our mission. He says, Jesus came and told his disciples, which by the way, was his small group, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Now, you say, well, what is all authority? Well, that means d dominion and power and glory all over all things in heaven and on earth. And Jesus is saying, I've been given all of that. Now, listen to what he says. Therefore, now you know what you say when you see that, right? What's that therefore, therefore? That therefore is there for us understanding because he's given us all that power. There is a task that we are to use on his benefit and in his power to accomplish his task. Listen to what he says. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus is saying, because I've been given all power, I want to transfer that power into your life so that you, the church, can go make disciples, that you would be disciples making disciples. And he said, well, now what, is, what would be a disciple? Making a disciple is loving someone into a meaningful relationship with Jesus the Lord. The recognition that in our life, we have made poor choices, we have made sinful choices, and as a result, we have proven day after day that we are fallible human people capable of all measure of sin. 
And yet, God loves us so much that he sent his own son, Jesus, to die for us, shed his blood for us, raise from the dead for us, and go to heaven to sit beside the Father and create a home for all those who would believe. You see, the power that Jesus has, Jesus is transforming and transferring all of that into our life. You say, well, Chuck, that doesn't make sense. He went to heaven. Now watch this. So at one point in your life, and maybe even right now, what we're saying is, I've got to start at the top, Chuck. I've got to start over here where I know Jesus is the head of my life. I know that he is my priority in my life. I'm accepting his death and resurrection as payment for my sin, and I want to turn my life around. I don't want to live for me anymore. I want to live for him. And when we do that, we use the term saved, or we use the ter term somebody's come to faith in Christ. Now watch this. What we get personally when we say yes to Jesus is his gift of the Spirit of God. So all of you who have given your life to Christ, this Spirit is, is living within you and is dying for you to let him do his work in your life and in your soul. Jesus is saying, because I am with you till the end of the age, make disciples. Baptize them. How? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. God the Father, the Son, the Savior, the Spirit, our keeper and director. We're to do that. And then as we make disciples, we baptize them. And then guess what happens? We teach them all these things. What are those things? The things that Jesus taught his group to talk about the things of Jesus, to talk about the things of the God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. This is what we're to be. Literally, as we are going, literally coming up out of the water, literally teaching what Jesus taught his group, literally being on an assignment. And the assignment might sound a lot clearer in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where the text says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now remember what I said. So this is the season in which when we say yes to Christ, what happens is he gives us this gift that lives within us, that directs us and calls us to live a life with Christ. And we make a choice moment by moment to determine, are we going to listen to and follow the direction of the Spirit of God or are we gonna quench the Spirit of God and press him down in our life so that something else might reign and give us direction? Because what we know is this, when we choose to squelch and put the Spirit of God away from our heart, all that power that Jesus is promising to be ours, we have set on the shelf like a book that gathers dust. And we take the Spirit of God and we put him up there with the other books that we have not read, but they are pretty and they're on there. And then when our life falls apart, when a crisis comes into our life, we cry out, oh God, and we reach up for that book and notice it is covered in dust and all the while the Spirit of God within us is saying I want to use you to make disciples so that you can see them baptized in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit and would you just teach them all these things that I've taught you and you say well Chuck it, you, you make it sound so easy watch this that's because it is it's not more complicated than that Nobody, nobody said you got to fill out a form to do that. Nobody said you got to join a certain kind of church to do that. But what we do have to do is trust that what Jesus left us is all the authority found in the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our life. If you go to another chapter in the book of Acts, we will find our roots for this mission and our roots for this church. Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 41. Those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. 
all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to, the fel and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Remember last week we were talking about the fear of God? And I was referring to him and saying, it's, it's the awe of God. What, what the scripture is saying here in the book of Acts is when we are in awe of all that God is doing, it will cover and saturate our life because he will use us to do such incredible things in his power. And so the text goes on and says, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. That sounds a lot like the church in her working clothes, doesn't it? It sounds a lot like, okay, wait a minute, Chuck. This was the mission given to the first church the very first church beginning to act and function like a church found in Acts chapter 1 is screaming to us this, this knowledge and understanding that while we may be 131 years old, our roots go much deeper than across the street. Our roots go far deeper than whatever name we were called. Our roots go far deeper than just the beginning of Sugar Hill Church. Our roots go all the way back to Acts chapter 1 where the mission was given to us clearly. Go, go, do, love. Now, I'd be the first one to say to you, I agree with the statement that says, well, this church exists for people that aren't here yet. I, I get that, but not in totality. Right, this church also exists to love you and minister to you and care for you and, and be here for you. And much of that work happens when we're committed to a small group of people where we're committed to study the Word of God. When I got here six years ago, we had about eight adult groups that met between the three hours, 8, 30, 9, 30, and 11. In this handout that you got today, there's more than 40 opportunities for adult groups think about that. Everything from Financial Peace University over to a group that I'm so excited Dr. Reuben Gresham is teaching called Detours. But you can even go further than that and you can take a look. Uh, Rob Goldsmith's doing a group in this hour for young adults. I can remember a day in this church we didn't have any young adults. And now y'all are everywhere. And what I would say to you is, why wouldn't you take somebody up on being in that group? It is a resource that is guaranteed to give you a return on your spiritual investment. You say, well, Chuck, I, I don't know anybody that's in that group. Okay, they don't know you either. Nobody's going to call your name. You don't have to stand up and read scripture. You don't have to pray. You don't, you don't have to do any of that. You say, well, Chuck, I want a group of people that's just like me. Okay, well, look around. Really? That's just not going to happen. They, I mean, you're all weird. I mean, everybody, I mean, how many of you think you're not weird? Okay, but well, you're lying, right? I mean, come on. Everybody I know is weird. I'm the weirdest human I know. And yet what I know is this, the great equalizer is when we all come to the foot of the cross and want to hear and know the love of Christ and how much he loves us it, and all the things he wants planned for us. You say, well, Chuck, I, I, I want to do a Bible book. That's why I want to understand a book of the Bible better. Okay, Wednesday night, I'm doing the book of Ephesians here at church to make it easy for you. There's groups of all kinds. Jenny's doing a study for ladies and Mark. I mean, uh, 
there's three or four men's group. Uh, Ryan, you've got a group for men that's launching. Bill Cox has got a group of men. Randall's got a group of men. They're all over the place. 40 plus decisions. What I want you to do is determine today there's a logical reason and understanding for which we do groups. And by the way, it's not about church growth. It is about your growth. Groups are not about how we get more people in the door. This is about the people that are here growing up to become more like Christ. It's men who are learning how to be spiritual leaders in their home. It's women who are learning how to, how to make a difference in their world for the cause of Christ. It's students and children who are committed to the things of God. I look at all this and I think, that is the church in our working clothes. But how does it actually function? Well, I believe, first of all, we have to recognize we are interdependent parts. Interdependence is the opposite of independent. Independent would say, I can do this all on my own. I don't need anybody. It's kind of like a college kid when they come home from college. They think they're independent. But watch how that changes when you say, well, here's the cell phone bill, and here's your tuition, and you know, and by the way, this car costs money, and by the way, we have to insure it, you know, and all of a sudden they realize, no, I don't like independence as much as I thought, right? Well, you know what? The opposite being interdependence means we need one another. I mean, watch this, because this is where churches seem to fail miserably. We, we get what we're supposed to do, but what about the part that Jesus said we're to do it together? Isn't it there for a greater purpose? Now, I've heard some preachers say, well, we do it together because it's easier. No, it's not. When's the last time you tried to do something with people different than you? I mean, seriously, the great diversity in the room, is, it's, it's greater than, uh, I mean, it's, it's greater than race. It's, great, it's greater than education. It's greater than some socioeconomic indicator. The great diversity in this room and the people watching, uh, the great diversity is spiritual maturity. We're all across the board. We got folks who think they know everything and they'll learn they don't. And we got folks who think they know nothing and they're gonna be amazed at what they know. But any way you look at it, listen to the promise of God. He is giving us his word and makes this promise that it will always accomplish the purpose for which it was sent and it will not fail. You know what I know about that? If you've never been a part of a small group before, but you join into a group, here's what I know. Because it is based in God's word, it's going to accomplish the purpose for which he sent it to you. You see, groups aren't what grow up. People is what grows up. Groups are a process to help you become all God wants you to be. Now, do you find meaningful life-altering relationships? Sure. Do you find a place where you can call home? Absolutely. Do you find a place where when, when you're sick or you need a problem or something going on, people can minister to you? Absolutely. All of those are bonuses. But the big bonus is this. You individually are growing up in Christ. And when you do that, you're a better mom, you're a better dad, you're a better husband, you're a better wife, you're a better employee. You are better. I would love to instigate better in your life by saying the Spirit of God wants to go to work in your life. Will you jump in and commit yourself to jumping into a group? Well, Chuck, that's, that's kind of harsh. I, I like to come to church and just be invisible. I want to kind of, I, I want to be kind of camouflaged like a teal chair and just, I want to ooze my way back into that chair. I get it. I totally do. It's not hard pressure. This is, I, I, I want the very best for you as an individual. And I believe a group is the very best place to do that. So would you just consider, and uh, could I just take off all your worry? What if I go to a group, Chuck, and I don't, I, I don't like it? What if I go and it's just not for me? Then stop going. Try another one. 
And, and you, you know what that group leader will think? Man, what I do wrong? Probably nothing. But please, keep going until you find a group that you are committed to. If we're going to be interdependent parts, that means we've got to be synergistic. But now watch this. To, to be interdependent and to rely on synergy, that means God has got to get in the mix of this. Because if, if me and Ron here, if one plus one can equal three because we're better together, what, what if we triangulated that and you had God in the midst of it? And what if me and Ron in the spirit of God, what, what if we equal 3,000 because of his power and we were willing to let him go to work in our life? What if the greatest part of our life is waiting dormant because we haven't committed ourselves to try to take our life spiritually deeper and richer? And we look at all that and say, okay, but synergistically, in, in, you know, interdependent. Chuck, that all sounds really cool, but I'm a loner. I don't like people. I know some of you are like that. But you know, there's plenty of groups that are offered that's got a ton of folks just like you. Nobody's going to ask you to do anything goofy. You, you can just attend and go as deep as you want, but, but jump in. Jump in. The best picture of interdependence and synergistic relationships I've ever seen were years ago at the Special Olympics. They were running the 100-yard dash, and those kids took off from the start line after the gun went off, and at about 20 yards, a little boy in lane three tumbled and fell, and when he did, the runner in lane two and four fell with him. Now, if, if I had been one of the other competitors, I'd be thinking, yes, they're down. I got a better chance to win, but every kid stopped. They all went back and helped pick up the three and they walked across the finish line together. That sounds a lot like interdependence and synergy to me because they all won. And I look at that and I think, okay, if, if we are to be interdependent parts, we need one another to become all God wants us to be. We're to be synergistic. We are stronger. We're better when we're together. Then that means why would we do that? We do that for the purpose of spiritually growing more like Jesus. Why? Because we want to spiritually grow more like Jesus as we sacrificially serve one another. And as we sacrificially serve one another, we want to passionately love our community so that we can supernaturally experience the power of God. And so you think in our life, well, what has the Lord called us and directed us to do? He has called us to interdependently need one another, to hold one another accountable, to help us grow up in Christ, to serve one another well, so that we can experience all that he has for us including how we might serve our community together, how we might make a, a committed difference in our life. But you can't accomplish all of that with independent living. It requires interdependence. You see, we can have a 9.30 or we can have an 11 o'clock service, but if we really, really want all that God wants us to be, we've got to dive a little deeper into the scriptures to know, wait a minute, this is my spiritual family. This is the return that I'm getting. So I would encourage all of you, are you willing to jump, to jump into a group, to know that you may not find the perfect one the first time, but you might find them. We've made it so easy for you. So you can take your phone and open your app, the Sugar Hill Church app up, and you'll see along the right-hand side, depending on the formation of your button, there's a red dot next to it, find a group, hit the group, and this brochure that you've gotten is inside of your app. 
You can pick any group you want to be a part of and get information on it. It doesn't mean you have to go there, but you're going to get information about it. Make it a little easier. If you don't want to fool with your phone, then you can take this and find inside of each group's description a number. So let's just find a group here. So like here's Don Strong's group, uh, and it is Thursday 01. So it's uh, the group number is THU01, and he meets in uh, in this community and and all of a sudden we can be a part of a group or we can look at uh, the Cervantes and Fuller group doing a group called sacred marriage you can find that it's uh, found in there on Friday zero one you take that uh, card that's in the seat back in front of you on one side if you're new around here let us know that you're a guest and fill it in on the flip side it's got prayer requests and it's an honor to pray for folks hundreds of folks through the week and then somewhere on that card make sure you've got your name uh, email or cell phone so we can communicate with you about the group and just put that number on and drop it in the basket or we'll make it even easier for you at the end of the service you can walk out into the lobby and there are tables set up and people there who are leading groups who can let you know how to register or what what to expect and what to do we've made it just so easy Bobby has done an incredible job setting this up think about this I guarantee 131 years ago nobody could imagine 40 something groups just for adults I mean around this campus on Sunday morning we're talking about hundreds of boys and girls out there right now. Why wouldn't you want to jump in on that? So I encourage you, we've made it easy, jump through this. You see, I really believe when you do this, you can grow spiritually with a plan. I believe you can grow spiritually with a people. I believe you can grow spiritually with a committed space. And I believe you can do that when you place growing in Christ at the top of your priority list. Because when we do that, you're getting the best of the church you're getting to know the best of her people and you're getting to be a part of something that's bigger than you could ever imagine we all have seasons when we need to be served and we all have seasons when we can serve i remember having a season when i needed to be served and i probably just needed to, to breathe a little bit and the not casting any dispersions anywhere but to the people who could reach out and minister to me were folks i knew from a group those are the folks who showed up to care and, and, and invest and make a difference and, and, and help through life because we, we knew what was going on. And I'm pretty private. I mean, I'm, I don't like to get in a group and just share the, the whole world, but man, people were there. I don't know about you, but there, there are many of us that need to know where we need to be served. And there's many of you that need to find a place of service. Groups are a place where you do both. You look at this and you say, okay, but we are to follow the Great Commission in its entirety. I, I, I really do. I said earlier, I know this church exists for people that aren't here yet, but listen, none of that matters unless the people that are here are growing in Christ. None of it matters. The goal is not to get more people parking their hind parts in here. The goal is to get as many people as possible to grow up in Christ day by day by day. That's the goal, because when that happens, we will serve our community so well. We will serve because birth within us and the changing part of our DNA is Jesus at work within us so that we can change the world in his power. When you're part of a group, you're committed to continuing the Great Commission work in your life and in your family's life. You know, how many of you have kids, and let's just say 18 and under, you have kids 18 and under. Okay, that's a bunch of you, all right? You know, most folks come back to church after their baby has been born. 
And, and the reason that I hear that over and over again is because, well, we wanted our son or our daughter, we wanted them to know what it was like to grow up and love Jesus and learn the things of God. Now watch this. You're willing to take your greatest gift and asset and put it into a group, a him or a her, so that they might grow up and love the Lord their God with all their heart, their mind, and their soul. But you're not willing to as a mom or dad. Can you see how that's illogical? Can you see why it would be such a big deal? Can you imagine when your kids are old enough and they're in grade school and they come home from being in their group and their large group and they're telling you all the things that they learned and then one of them says, what did you learn today? Hmm. I would say at some point we've got to be committed that what's good for our children has got to be good for us. And I would, I would challenge you, the only question remaining is are you willing to jump in? Are you willing to jump all the way in? When I titled this sermon, the only thing that went through my mind was, uh, was Van Halen doing that, that song, Jump, Dun. You remember that riff? Bump, bump, bump. You, you know what I'm saying about it? All right, and can't you see Sammy Hagar's hair just going like on fire when he's singing that song? Uh, Sam, do you have that song? Can you guys play that real quick? Yes. Y'all know it, don't you? You heathens, you weren't listening to Jesus music either. Ha! I knew you, I knew y'all were messed up. I saw our chairman deacon down there going, mm, mm, mm. he's an old hairband dude, you know. We get together, it's pr probably pretty ugly. Folks around the beach when they're near our tent are like, turn it down, no. But you know, I, that, that's the only thing left. Are you willing to jump in? That's the, that's the only thing left to be determined. We've made it so simple for you. You, you can do it on your app. You can do it online. You can do it with this brochure. You can do it with a card. You can walk out into the lobby and see the tables that are set up there. Everything you can imagine. But here is the one thing that will keep you from being in a group. Are you ready? The one thing I, I, I believe with all my heart that will keep you from committing yourself to being in a discipleship group this fall is just one thing. You ready? You don't really believe that God has the power to radically change your life if you'll decide to study his word. That's the only reason. You see, I promise you, if you've got time to work out, you've got time to read the scripture. If you've got time to Facebook, you've got time to be in the scriptures. If you've got time to go walk through the mall one more time, you've got time to be in the scriptures. And you're saying, well, Chuck, that's just hard. I know. But I also know what the return is. And if I could plead with you for anything, get your life committed to a small group that is teaching and committed to the word of God. And watch what the return is on your life because I know he's ready to pour it out. The question is, are you ready to receive it? Father, thank you for the time to speak about your word and the things that matter. God, call us up as individuals, as families, as a church to com be committed to live in interdependence with you and one another, to experience the synergy of what it's like when we trust you in our life. Lord, that we might experience the power of your word as we become saturated with your goodness and we find your precepts as we cling on to them and your promises as we know they are, they are true. Lord, give a, for the folks that are here today that need to make that first step and say, Jesus, come and live in my heart. Forgive me of my sin. I accept your death and your raising from the grave as payment for my sin. And I want to turn my life around. I want to live for you. For everyone that would say, that's my prayer. 
reach out and touch their heart this day. For the folks that would say, Chuck, I haven't been a part of a group like that in 30 years. Lord, would you speak into their heart the, the knowledge to know that there's no perfect group, but, but your word is there and it will accomplish the purpose for which you sent it for our good and for your glory. Lord, thank you for the time we've been able to worship together and for these extraordinary folks who serve us so well. In the name of Jesus, the Christ, our King, we pray. And the church said, amen.